Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. So, um, we'll get started by this. So, Christmas is right around the corner. And um, so, every year we do what we can to, you know, help families, kids, teenagers. It's really not age on it. We say we're buying kids Christmas, but really it's if you're alive and you need help. Amen? Amen? So, um, that's no different than every other year. You can give online, give any way you want to. It doesn't matter. But um, just want you to know that, that 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 we're doing that. We're starting today, and you can just you know on your check or uh, earmark it. However, that it's for for Christmas uh, Christmas donations, and we'll keep that separate. So here's what we decided to do: is we're going to get a tree, a naked tree, and we're going to put it in the foyer. So. Obviously, every family needs different. I mean, a two-year-old doesn't need as much as an 80-year-old. Okay? But we're going to come up with a number, uh, whatever that number is, a median. And whenever that amount is received, we're going to put an ornament on the tree. So the idea is to put a bunch of ornaments on the tree, right? So you'll get to see the tree come together between now and uh, here in the next couple, two or three weeks. So... Um, if you know any families, I'm not talking about heard about one through the great, great vine from Uncle Bobby's brother's sister's uncle's nephew's niece's uh, friend up the street. I'm talking about if you really know somebody. A lot of people go around there at Christmas time and they pretend to have a need and they end up getting more stuff than my kids. In other words, I mean, you know, we want to help people that legitimately need help. Amen. So, uh, and over the years, I've just come across so many horror stories. People taking their kids' Christmas presents back, selling at pawn shops. Um, just, we learned a lot, I tell you. And people that go put their name on every um, Christmas tree, what's it called, were you, uh, angel tree? They'll have it on 50 different trees. So anyway, you know, hey, you know somebody firsthand that needs help, we want to help them. So that's what we're going to do, amen? All right, so if, you, if you've been attending here, you know I don't, we, don't, we don't pass an offering tray. That's because I'm interested in your heart, not in your money. I, I ask y'all to contribute to help out about once a year, and that's for Christmas. But it just so happens we're actually talking about money today. But it's not just money, it's actually putting God first, first in your life. Is He first in your life? And He needs to be first in every area of your life. That's, uh, money's not excluded. So I, I say that to say if you're new, you're like already thinking, oh God, here we go, another preacher wants my money. If you write a check for $1 million a day, I'm, I'm not going to get it. It's not going to change my life at all. But it'll change your life. Your tithing doesn't affect me a bit. Not even a little teeny-weeny iota of a bit. It affects you. It helps you. Um, and we'll get more into that in a moment. But the, the, the idea I want you to, to, to burn in your brain is, is God first? Is He first? It's a question. Is He first? Do you want Him to be first? Well, you should. Because the reality is He is first. Whether He's first in your life or not doesn't change the fact that He is indeed first. He's first. He'll always be first. He can't be second. He can't be third. He can't be anything but first. 
So he may not be your first, but he's still first. Amen? God's first. Us deciding that he's not first doesn't rearrange the cosmos. He's first. God's first. So we're going to pick up right here in Exodus 13th chapter. And I just want to show you a principle. Exodus 13, the second uh, verse. Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. Now what you see here, consecrate, that's set apart. I mean, just uh, you know, to make it holy. And he says, um, it is mine. It's mine. In other words, that's showing ownership. It belongs to me. It belongs to me. In the third, well, no, that's the only one I want to go to right now. Let me, let me, let me slow down. Uh, no, let, let's go ahead and read it. Exodus, we'll jump on down to the um, th 13th verse. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with the land, with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn among men, uh, of man among your sons, you shall redeem. Okay. Once again, it's being uh, set apart. And he's saying it, it belongs to God. So it shall be when your son asks you, no, these are, what in the world? I've given you the wrong thing. That's not the first time that's happened, is it? Good gravy. Let me just open up my, the real Bible. Then that's part of it, but that's just not all of it. And it is absolutely roasting here. Y'all got the heater on and the air conditioner on? It says temporary hold. That means it's been played with too much, and so it's just not doing anything. Does anybody know anything about air conditioners in here? No, he said, heck no. And there's two, but they're too scared to get out of the chairs. All right, we'll sweat. It's fine. I'll pull my shirt off in a minute. So, let's see. Hmm. I did put the right ones. Dang. I'm smarter than I thought. Okay, praise the Lord. So, I just needed to read it out of the Bible. So he's talking about, let me, let me say this, he's, talking, he's using a donkey here and he's using a lamb here. There's, there's two animals. Why is he using the animals? We'll, we'll get into that in a moment. But it says, so that shall be when your sons ask. Now that's, I've gone too far. I'm missing the 12th verse. That's the ones that's not in there. Uh, I, did, I knew. I, here we go, y'all. I've, I've done this before, I promise. It's, I want to blame Jackie, but I'm afraid that it's my fault, as usual. I just usually blame her anyway. Okay. Twelfth verse that I don't have up there. I have it written down here. It's just not up there. That you shall set up... What? I didn't give it to her, she says. That you shall set apart... Let me back up to the eleventh. And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of Canaanites as he swore to you and your fathers and gives it to you. That's when they come into the land of Canaan, the promised land. He says, um, that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is, every firstborn that comes from the animal which you have. The males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, and you shall break its neck. 
All the firstborn among man, among your sons, you shall redeem. So he's talking about, first of all, it's ownership and then setting it apart because it belongs to God. So he's, one's buying the other one back. So he's using a donkey here and a lamb. One's unclean and one's clean. If you read your Bible and you study, you know that the donkey's an unclean animal and the, the lamb is a clean animal. Amen? Amen. So... He's saying you have to buy back the unclean with the clean. Like we just read. You have to either break its neck, the unclean, when you either have to break its neck, or you have to redeem it with the, the firstborn of the, with the lamb. So in other words, the lamb is now redeeming the donkey, and if you don't, then you've got to break the donkey's neck. So you're going to lose it, either way, whether you do it or not. It's a principle. So the, the, the clean buys back or redeems the unclean. So here's the question. Were you born clean or were you born unclean? And the answer is we're born clean because we're all born with a sin nature. We were born into a sin-filled world. We were sin when we were, we were born. But there was another one that was clean that died, that was sacrificed to buy us back. Amen. It's a principle. He said the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. So which one is it, you may say? Well, that's the answer. The donkey's born unclean, so the lamb is clean and has to buy back. You have to buy back the unclean with the clean. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad Jesus bought us back? Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. Jesus is also uh, first fruits. Jesus is also God's tithes. Do you know that? He gave Jesus first. While he was being spit upon, humanity was spitting on him, beating him, tied him to a whipping post, denying him, uh, ultimately, you know, nailing him to the cross, um, crown of thorns on his head. Do you know Jesus? I mean, God gave Jesus before we started acting right in faith that we would accept Christ. In other words, he is Jesus' tithe. He didn't wait until we got our act together and then go, okay, now I'll give you Jesus. He gave us Jesus in faith that we would accept Christ and we would believe in Him and we would put Him first. Amen. So it's like this. You have ten lambs. Um, you don't pick the one that always jumps out of the pan and runs over there and eats your grandma's garden up. You know, the bad one. And then we go, okay, we'll just give this tenth one, the bad one, who we don't like anyway, we'll give it to the Lord. Well, he can't even accept it because he's first. You can't give him the leftover last. Amen. When the children of Israel came across the Jordan River and Joshua leads them, you know, they go into Jericho and God says, bring me everything out of the city. All the silver and gold, every single bit of it, you bring it all to me. Now God had been with them through, He brought them out of, the, of bondage and across the Red Sea, across the Jordan River. Now they're here at Jericho. They've defeated, uh, you know, it's the, they've, they've overtaken the city. It's theirs. And everything that's in it is theirs. And he says, bring me everything, all the gold and all the silver and everything. Well, then they go to their next battle and they weren't successful. They started losing. And Joshua's like, what's going on, God? And God says, well, you didn't give me everything. That's when they found out Achan kept a little for himself. 
And so God wasn't blessing them, and they're losing. So you know what happens to poor old Achan? Not poor old Achan. His wife and kids that had nothing to do with what Achan chose to do. They went in Achan's tent, and they find all this stuff that he decided to keep for himself. They, they stoned him and his wife, his whole entire family, suffered because of what the father did. And that, that, apply, that applies today. I'm not talking about just financially. I'm talking about putting God first. Your children will suffer if you don't put God first. And how could you expect your children to put God first if you don't put God first? We were talking about that on Wednesday night about why, uh, one of the questions, why are some teens, uh, a percentage of teens falling away from church? Well, I would say if your teens see the parents go to church and they, you know, for an hour and they were worshiping the Lord and then for the rest of the entire week, six days and 23 hours, we're living an entirely different life. Why don't they even want to come to church? Because the only difference between you and them or you and the world is an hour sitting in a blue chair listening to some red-headed guy with a shaved head that forgets to put his scriptures on the screen talk. I mean, there's got to be a difference. I mean, God's got to be first in everything. Amen. I mean, what if every family was like that? If every single family put God first. If every family. In other, in other words, if you're not putting God first, if He's not first in your life, or if you're doing worldly things, then you're kind of, you're kind of a weirdo. But as you see, culture has changed. It's kind of weird to be a Christian. It's kind of weird to have morals and values. That's what the world, the picture the world paints. It is. Jericho, so why did God say, I want Jericho? Why do I want, want all of it? Why do I want all of Jericho? Because it's first. It's the first of many cities. It's the first. He wanted the first. It's, it's the principle of the first. You following me? <clears throat> I hope you are. <clears throat> Let me tell you this. It don't matter what age you are, but especially if you're young and you're not, you know, 80. And nothing wrong with being 80. I'm just saying, if you've got a career ahead of you, if you're 80 years old, it's probably not a good time to start your career. But if you're 18, 19, early 20s, and you're starting a career and you're starting a family, maybe you started your own business. Maybe it's small and it's just you by yourself. Or maybe you and a helper. Or maybe you have plans to start a business and you're just saving some money, kind of wanting to learn a little more from where you're currently working, whatever. But, you, but your goal is to start your own business. This right here that I'm fixing, this whole sermon right here, if you want your finances to be blessed, if you want your business to be blessed, you've got to apply this to your life. He has absolutely got to be first. It's a principle. God's first. He can't be second. It's impossible. And if you'll do it, you'll put him first. I can tell you stories for days, and I may at the end, who knows. But this first city, Jericho, it, it goes along with the scriptures we're reading. That's the redemptive portion. This first one redeems the rest. It's the redemptive portion that blesses the rest. You follow me? I hope so. I hope I'm not confusing you. So... Um, Let's see, let's go to Exodus, no, let's go to Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. 
Your first fruits must be offered. And I tell you all these things because, I mean, I tithe growing up and teenagers some. I put some in there. As an early adult, I put some there. I just, all I, all I knew was I was supposed to. You're supposed to. You give that tithe. But I really didn't know why. I mean, I really, I didn't. I just knew I was supposed to because somebody told me I was supposed to. So I was like, oh, I trust y'all do it. But as I got older, you know, making money and doing things, you know, when you got $50 and your tithe is $5, it's really not that hard to put a $5 bill in there. It's not. It's not. But let's just say you got a million dollars and you're going to have to write a check for 100000 You don't have to. That's your tithe. 100000 Then you start looking at it and you start thinking, I could buy a lot with this 100000 I pay my house off. Could do a lot of stuff. I'm gonna keep it. That's what happens to a whole lot of people. And that happened to me when I started making money. Jackie would only tithe off what I'd give her, and then she'd tithe off of it. She, I didn't give her. I only gave her just enough to pay the bills. Back then, and she just tithed off of it. Or I don't even know what she did. I just always trusted her. And um, now, I, uh, hey, fast forward. That, that's. Let's not even talk about the past, but um, things have changed quite a bit. So, your first fruits. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So, what's the, what's the first fruits of all your increase? That's your income. Increase or your income. In other words, you get a paycheck. If you get paid to do a job, that's your income. Um... So that's what you are honoring the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Now, here's one thing that I know people will say. Um, and why do you do that? So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Well, some people say, well, that's Old Testament stuff. That's, that's, that's Old Testament stuff. Well, it is in the Old Testament. But actually, right here in Proverbs, this is hundreds of years after the law was even given. And the entire book of Proverbs is in the Old Testament. Psalms is in the Old Testament. In fact, the entire Old Testament's in the Old Testament. <laughs> Would we just rip that out and throw it away? Creation's in the Old Testament. That's Old Testament. We, we, that don't count. Throw that thing away. No. He said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. And then I wrote it on your heart. Amen. <laughs> In Exodus, the 23rd uh, chapter, the 19th verse, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. The first of the first fruits, the first of your increase, the first of your income that you should bring. Notice it doesn't say give or pay. People say, I'm going to pay my tithes. No, you're not paying your tithes. You're not even giving your tithes. You're actually bringing them because they don't even belong to you. They belong to Him because everything belongs to Him. All your money belongs to Him. The earth and the fullness thereof, we are His unique creation. It's all His. He, he said, it's all mine. Bring me this portion, the first portion, the redemptive portion. Bring me that. Or we could go New Testament where Jesus said, sell everything you've got and give all your possessions away. I don't want you to have nothing but the shirt on the back and then come follow me. So if we're going to throw the Old Testament out the window, we're only going to apply the New Testament. Let's just apply that verse. Get all away. 
He don't ask everybody to give it all away. He asked that fellow because he knew that guy's heart. In Malachi, the third chapter, which is the last book in the Old Testament, it says, if you're having a hard time finding it, because it's kind of a small book right there. It's the last one right before Matthew. Will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? He says, in tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring, there's that word again, bring, not pay, but bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy, and he being the adversary, destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vines fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Now I want to back up to where I started. Will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? Now it's his. And if you don't bring him what's his, I don't think it's robbing in a sense like we think or maybe we've been taught or maybe we've even taught before. I'm talking about God wants to bless you. He wants to bless your finances. Just like when the children of Israel came out of there and they didn't do what was right and they, they Achan kept some for himself. He wants to bless. He wanted them to go to the promised land. He wants you to have a life, live it more abundantly. That's why Jesus Christ came so that we would have life and have it more abundantly. He wants to bless you. In fact, he wakes up early in the morning and he's going to and fro. Uh, wakes up early in the morning. He don't really sleep. But he's out early before you're awake and he's going to and fro looking for somebody to show himself strong to. He just wants to bless you. So what happens right here? Will a man rob God? Are you robbing his money? Does he need your money in heaven? Are they running low this month on getting enough groceries for Thanksgiving? No, you're robbing him of an opportunity to bless you and to bless your life and to bless your finances and to bless your business. You're robbing him of that opportunity because he can't do it. You know why? Because he's first. And if you bring him scraps, he can't receive it. And it's this thing called obedience. It's this thing called faith. He doesn't want your money because he needs your money. It's faith. You have to give in faith. I know some mighty fine people that are good people. Read the Word, pray, but let me tell you, they wouldn't give somebody one red cent. I mean, they, if they had a million dollars in the bank and somebody needed $10 to buy some lunch, they wouldn't give you $10. They'll pray for you, put you on prayer list, they'll be at church Sunday, They'll sit on the board. They'll do all these religious things, but they won't help you. They wouldn't give you a penny. Why? I don't know. Why? There's a major problem in their heart. I'll tell you why. That's the things that God's addressing here. And that's the things I'm, I'm trying to, uh, hopefully, to, to, to come across and not harsh by any, by any means. I just want you to be blessed. I want your family to be blessed. I want your finances to be blessed. I want your businesses to be blessed. And I'm speaking from experience. I've tried it both ways, and I'll tell you which way it works. is putting God first. Bring it, not give it, but you're bringing it. And let me, let me carry this a little further here. In Genesis, the fourth chapter, the third verse, And in the process of time it came to pass... They came, brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. 
Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. The Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Let's back up. Let's read it again, the first verse. And in the process of time, it came to pass. In the process of time, it came to pass. In the process of time. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock. So here's Cain and Abel. One's a farmer. Got all kind of vegetables. One's a rancher. He's got some meat. That's all you need. Praise the Lord. Some meat and vegetables. That's right. But in the process of time, Cain brings some, in the process of time, Cain brings an offering in the process of time. In other words, after he's already harvested, you know, who knows how much or whatever, in the process of time, Cain brings an offering. God didn't accept it. Why? Because it wasn't first. He can't accept second. He don't accept leftovers. Abel brought the firstborn of his flock. The firstborn of the flock. And God accepted it. Why? Because it's first. I hope you see that. And say, well, you know, people get hungry. I went to a church one time and um, years ago, and I'll just ask them some questions about how they operated and did things. It was kind of like a uh, a seminar type thing. And I I question, you know, I had a question about tithes and offerings and how they operated. And the guy, he wasn't the pastor; he was just a, a member there. And he said, "Oh, that's that Old Testament stuff." Oh, wow. Okay. All right, then. What he really means is talking about the law. But it started with Abraham. That was before the law. Proverbs is hundreds of years after the law. And right here in Genesis is way before the law. It's not, it's not about a law. It's about a principle. And it was a law. But then it was, you know, it was, it was God's principle. Then he, he gave it, passed it to the Levites so that they could... Uh, administer and, and, and tithes will be brought in so they could carry out the, the work of God. But um, you, know, you see it here in the beginning of time, you, you see it here in the law, and then you see it here hundreds of years later. I want you to just to see it as a principle. As a principle. First. First. And in fact, in, uh, let's see if I gave her this one. Um, I didn't. But that's okay. In Matthew, the 23rd chapter, in the 23rd verse, Matthew 23, 23, the scribes and Pharisees are questioning Jesus about some things. And he says, well, you've brought a tenth of your uh, mint and your uh, cumin and all these things. You've brought a tenth of all that, but you fell short with your justice and your love and your mercy. And he says, this is what you need to do don't quit doing that. Just add this to what you're doing. In other words, they were coming and they were bringing their tithe, but they just weren't showing any love, any justice to anybody, or any mercy to anybody. You understand what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. So he was, he's addressing their hearts. God can't accept second. Why can't he accept second? Because God's first. God is love. He can't hate. You know why he can't hate? 
Because He's love. You know why He can't be second? Because He's first. You know why He can't tell a lie? Because He's truth. In other words, what I'm saying is God cannot go against His nature. If He, if he took seconds, if He took leftovers, if He would have taken cable, uh, Cain's offering, scraps, then He would be second or third or fourth or however it played out. He can't go against His nature. He can't be second. Absolutely can't be. It's like He can't tell a lie. Why? Because He is the truth. God can't change. God can't change. That's why He says... I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. It cannot change. Why can't He change? Because He's already best. And if you change, you can get better. You can't perfect perfection. He's already perfect. He's already best. He can't change. Amen. Amen. He can't think like we do. When you and I think, we're trying to figure things out. We're trying to figure things out. He's not trying to figure anything out. He's omniscient. He knows everything about everything at the exact same time. He doesn't think like we do. Amen? He can't be second because He's first. He's above all. He's beyond, uh, uh, beyond all, higher than all. And you've heard this expression before many times, and I've said, put God first. Got to put Him first. Got to put Him first. Put Him first. Well, let me reemphasize what I said to begin with. He's first, regardless of whether we put Him first or not, whether our current administration wants to put Him first or not, whether any administration in, from the beginning uh, to the end wants to put Him first, He's still first. He's first. He's first. Cain brought His first. God accepted it. I mean, Abel brought His first and God accepted it. Cain brought and offering in the process of time, and God didn't accept it. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, in the 21st verse, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. You can tell where somebody's heart is by where their treasure is. And that's what he's saying. Where their treasure is, their heart will be also. If your heart's in it, your treasure will be in it. Your heart follows your treasure. It follows closely behind. You can look at what people spend money on and what they buy and hobbies. My heart used to be so much in dirt box that I bought a brand new one about every six months. That was my treasure. My heart was right there. Writing checks, buy a new one, bored with it, buy another new one, bored with it, buy another new one, ate up with it, crazy about it, sit in the basement on top of it, making motorcycle sounds. It's on the stand where the tires aren't touching the ground. They're about yay high off the ground. I'll be riding with it. Grown man, ah, you know, making motorcycle noises. Seriously, I'll be standing on the pegs. I'll be pretending I'm racing. I mean, crazy. Some of y'all probably still do these things. I know Seth walks around the house doing his baseball stuff all the time. That's how he looks, like that. But that's what's on his mind. Do you understand? I could do imitations of all of them. We don't have time for all that. <laughs> but you can tell where somebody's heart is by where their treasure is. So I just want to leave you with that question there is where is God? First or leftover? First or leftover? Is he first or leftover? Um... I believe this is my next to last scripture. I was trying to decide how to close here. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. 
once again, it's holy, it's set apart, it's consecrated, it belongs to God. So, what does that mean? Let me, let me move this uh, over just a little bit. And uh, how can we do this? Let's see. That's too much trouble. Kev, give me a chair right there, if you don't mind bringing it up here. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, sir. All right. Let's use the dreaded word that nobody likes. Or not nobody likes, but a lot of people don't like. It's math. Math. It's actually my absolute favorite. I love it. I like that in history. Should have paid more attention to history. I still like history. Math I loved. I did pay attention. Tried really hard. I even paid my own money to go to summer school one time. <laughs> to take math. And the teacher made me mad that I quit and I left. But I knew more than the teacher. That was the problem. So I'm like, why am I paying this? It, true story, is a science teacher teaching geometry. Now what in the world's going on here? Yeah, science teacher. She's a fill-in. She knew about as much about geometry as I did. So, um, I was talking to Alicia earlier, and she said she would volunteer. So, come, come on up here, and let's let's do this real quick. Yeah. You just stand right over there for a second. Let's say everybody can see this chair, all right? So I'm going to use this as an example. So this is $1,000. No chance you're going to get this. I'm just going to make that. I don't want you to get your hopes up and upset you. Um, but you may get something. It just won't be this, okay? Okay. So this is say me and my guys, or I go out to meet a customer, and I tell him that, uh, you know, this job's going to cost I'm making stuff up here, okay? It's $5,000. The expenses are X amount of dollars, and, you know, uh, uh, everybody's paid, gas, fuel. Everything it takes to complete this job is $4,000, right? Okay. That leaves me with 1000 So I've paid all my material, paid my man, paid everything. I've got 1000 for me, so this is my increase, right? You clear on that? Everybody clear on that? This is my increase. $1,000 is my increase off the 5000 Because I spent 4000 This is my increase, $1,000. So out of this $1,000, a tenth is $100. Clear on that? $100, that's my tenth. All right. So here's 10 $100 bills. And we're going somewhere with this. But I want you especially to pay very close attention. <laughs> You got to really focus, hone in, okay? Okay. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's ten of them right there. All right. Out of those ten, which one of those ten belongs to the Lord? She's better at math than I thought. Dang. Well, since you answered correctly, you can keep it. Yeah? For real, I'm done with you now. Go away. (laughs) 
So, why is it that one? Why is it that one? Why aren't it? Why aren't it? Why isn't it these? There's nine left. Why was it that one? Because it's the first one to leave your hand. Jericho's the first city, the firstborn, the first fruits. You're first, first. He's got to be first, not left over. Because here's what happens. You make $4,000 a month. I'm making this up. You got $4,000. Taxes come out of that and you left with $3,000. That's all you got, $3,000. All right? House payment, $1,000. Mortgage, $800. Utilities, $300, groceries, car payment, insurance, health insurance, all these bills you've got. And you've got left over $50. Well, you know what? Out of the $4,000, 400 of it, because that's a tenth of 4,000, was immediately, should, uh, that's the Lord's. Don't rob me from blessing this. Because see, He blesses the rest. But when you don't give Him the first, you give Him leftovers, He doesn't even accept leftovers. It's a principle. He's got to be first in every area of your life. That's like watching all your favorite TV shows until there's nothing left to watch. Well, I guess I'll pray now. He's not first. Oh, you went to the pawn shop, you begged, bill, begged, borrowed, and stole, and did everything you had to do to, to, to get the money to pay this. It didn't come through. Well, I, I guess I'll pray. Well, maybe we should have prayed first. God first. Always God first in every area of your life. Amen. He's got to get the first. The first belongs to Him. Well, say, I add bills up. And there's no room for God because that's where most people live. There's no room for God. If I tithe, I won't have enough money to buy gas or groceries. I won't have any extra. It's actually the opposite. You won't ever have extra until you put God first. Because it's either you put Him in control or you're in control. You're saying, I'm in control of the whole ten. I'm keeping the whole ten, the whole hundred percent. I'm in control of this. Or I'm going to give God... His tenth, so that He can bless this. Amen. It's the redemptive portion. It's the clean redeeming the unclean. Yeah. It's bringing the first. It's principles found through all out the Bible. I just try to condense into what we can fit into our allotted time here before y'all all get ready to cut the tires on my truck. Well, I don't have room for God. Well, you better make room. Sell it. Get something cheaper. You better put Him first. I've, gone, I've done it the other way. But I don't want you to think this is legalistic. So I get my $1,000. This is my increase. And me and Jackie have it. This is it. And we know automatically $100 is going Sunday morning when we get there. But it's only Thursday. Okay? Friday... She goes to the grocery store and whips out $300 to feed those bratty kids. But she gave that to Publix before we gave it to God. He's not legalistic like that. You understand, we already set it apart before she ever went to Publix. If I got a check for $10,000, I already know $1,000 is going to come right here to Seven Mile Ministry before I spend one red cent on anything at all. No matter what, it's coming out. I don't even count it being there. 10,000, I got 9,000. Because I'm bringing this 1,000 to the house of the Lord. Period. That's how I roll. 
And I never limit it to a tenth anyway. Just like Jesus says, decide what's in your heart. Does that mean, well, if you decided just to give a penny, you can give a penny? Well, you can. But you're going to be blessed off what you give. If you go and read the entire passage of Scripture, if you sow a little, you reap a little. If you sow a lot, you reap a lot. It's a principle all through Scripture. Praise the Lord. So it's where's your heart? Where is He in your checkbook? There's a better way to put it. Where is He? Where is He? In Exodus, we were reading in Exodus there when I left that Scripture out. And this, is, this is where He was going. This is where... God is explaining to him, and I want to end right here. He says, So it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, What is this that you shall say to him, By strength of hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage? And it came to pass, when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt both the firstborn of male and the firstborn of the beast. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. And let me make it a little easier for you to understand. What he's saying there is in the process of time, some time's going to go by, and your son's going to ask you this question, and here's your answer. So what, here, here's what it's like. This is a rancher, and his little boy grows up on the ranch, on the farm. That's all he knows is ranch life, farm life, horses and cattle and all these things. And every time there's a firstborn, you know, there's a new baby lamb born, and everybody's like, look how cute it is. Dad goes out there to the firstborn and just slits his throat and kills it. Well, this little boy grows up on the farm. That's all he ever sees is Dad slitting the throats of these firstborns. And then... To the process of time now he's a grown man and he's been to college and he's got a, a business degree and he's good with math he's good with numbers so he comes home from college and dad says you know the ranch has really grown really big and man I need some help I'm gonna let you handle the finances won't you look over the books and help me with that so his son goes through all the past years and he says dad uh, i got a question for you right here uh, we're in the ranching business the cattle business I mean the more uh, our flock, the bigger it is, the bigger the herd is, the more we sell, the more money we make. But I was looking through, and each year you are killing a lot of our profit. We can sell these animals. We can keep these. But you're just slitting the throats, the firstborns. Why do you do this? And he says, when your son asks you, that's the answer that you should give him right here. So it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is this? That you shall say to him, By strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass, when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of the beast. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that opened the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeemed. In other words, he's saying... Do you there was a time when we didn't have this farm, son. I know that's all you've ever known because you were born in it. You've grown up in it. You've always been fed well. And here on the ranch, and I sent you to college, you got an education, now you're here helping dad. But it hadn't always been like this. 
Before you came along, we were actually in bondage. We were slaves in Egypt. We had absolutely zero, zippo, nothing. But God, with His mighty hand, brought us out. So since He brought us out, I gladly put Him first in my life. I gladly give Him the first. And I read that Scripture and think of my own life and think of what a train wreck it used to be. I gladly give the Lord what's first. There is no way you'd have a better chance of seeing me standing right here with a glass of whiskey smoking a doobie than you would see me not tithe. You couldn't hold a gun to my head and make me not tithe. Everything I own, God has blessed me with. I know it is a result of this principle right here. He has got to be first. I was thinking this morning in my office, I have a small business that feeds over 20 people. And I'll tell you why, because God's first. It's because it's a principle. He's got to be first. Way more than 20. That's just what I can think of in my top of my head. Okay, there's things that me and my wife do that people don't really know about. That don't, don't matter about all that. Why? I put God first in my business. I always put Him first in my business. Always put Him first in my business. My first business, I didn't put Him first. I put me first. It failed. Went in the hole. Scraped it, changed out of my ashtray to buy a little Caesar's pizza. Broke. God don't accept seconds. I was giving him scraps. Amen. Don't give him seconds. He's first. We read it in Malachi. He says, test me. It's the only place in the entirety of the Bible you'll see God say, test me. And he's saying, test me. And you'll see that it works. I believe in it so strongly. I believe in it so strongly that I'll tell you this. Now you can't tithe, you know, give your money and then just go out there with a credit card swapping and acting crazy, go buy three new cars and just, you know, be up there at the steakhouse and go, I just want to buy everybody's meal in the whole restaurant and swap the credit card. Knowing good and well you can't pay the bill when it comes in. You've got to be a good steward of your money. But I'm talking about, just use some common sense here, would you? I, I feel so strongly about tithing, I'll personally tell you this. If you put the Lord first in your life, in your finances, what we're talking about today, if you put Him first in your finances for a whole year, and at the end of the year you can honestly say, my finances are no better, my business is no better, I'll write you a check and give you all your money back. That's how strong I feel about it. I'm telling you, I want you to be blessed. I want you to have a big old thick wallet. The key to the success it's putting God first. Amen. To put God first. Put Him first. Put Him first. Praise the Lord. I think I was going to tell a story about me and you or something, but I'll be quiet. Y'all probably heard enough, hadn't you? Yep. I don't even remember that one, but we'll save it for another week. I, um, recent, not recently, but one time I was approached by a fellow and he said, uh, I'm a millionaire, multi-millionaire, I got all these millions of dollars. And uh, he, uh, he said, let's, let's go in business together. You don't have to spend one penny. I'll split all the profits with you. Well, I mean, what kind of offer is that? That's a good one. That's a good one, isn't it? But then I found out that he don't really love people at all, not even his own flesh and blood, parents, children, wife, nobody. 
that he loves money. He was so focused on money, he just wanted money. Money, 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 money. And I hear these stories, and they were, they were, uh, uh, they were really sad, actually. And uh, I knew immediately there's no way I can go in business with this man because I would be unequally yoked with somebody because he loves money more than he loves a human being. You see where his heart was? God, all God wants is your heart. He just wants to be first, period, in every area of your life. And why does Jesus talk a lot about this? And why am I, why am I talking about it? Well, I think this is the hardest thing in the Christian walk to do is put God first in your finances. I think it's the hardest thing until you do it and then you realize, oh, I wish I'd been doing that a long time ago. <laughs> really, that's about how it hits you. I think this is one of the hardest things to do. It's called faith. And that's the only thing he's requiring is faith, to give in faith, receiving faith. In other words, I'm bringing my money in faith that you're going to bless you're going to redeem. It's the redemptive portion. And I'm going to receive in faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the first thing is you got to be first in your life as your Lord and Savior. Um, he's got to be first as your Lord and Savior. And I would say second to that, this principle right here is most second important, is him being first in, in this area right here. If you think about it, your whole life really hinges off of it. How are you going to pay your house payment? How are you going to buy groceries? How are you going to buy a Christmas present? How will you pay your health insurance? How will you buy gas? How will you do any of these things? How will you do any of these things without money? Everything you do on a daily basis hinges off money. You've got to have money. It's, money is not evil. It's the love of money. So you've got to have money. You need to trust the Lord with your money. Let me say it like this. If he's not first in this area, every other area in your life is not going to come into alignment. But if he's first, then things can come into alignment. He's got to be first. Something they said Wednesday night. Spirit, soul, body. Spirit, soul, body. That's the order. And you have this inner chaos going on inside you, and you're just all these issues. And you have, That's because it's not spirit, soul, body. It's flesh, which is soul, I mean body. In other words, we get it reversed. But when it's spirit, soul, body, you get that in alignment, then you have an inner peace. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Amen? Praise the Lord. I want you to have an inner peace with this. I want you to give till it hurts. You ever heard that? Have you ever heard a preacher say, reach deep in them pockets and pull it out, and I want you to give till it hurts? That's the stupidest thing ever. You should give till it feels good. You should give till it feels good. Every time I give, I literally smile and think, man, whoo. I bet next month's really going to be a good one, or next year's even, man, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus, I got it. I said, you can't hold a gun in my head and keep me from doing it. My mama didn't raise no fool. You better put God first in your finances. You want your business to be blessed? You might be painting houses. You got one paintbrush, one bucket of paint. You start giving 
you start giving to the Lord, putting him first, next thing you know, you got two or three vans running around with your business name on the side of them, a whole bunch of people painting. You're not even painting. You're just bidding jobs and checking on folks. How'd that happen? God first. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's, let's go home. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. Thank you for an opportunity to even put you first. Thank you for all the many blessings that you've provided each and every one of us with. And Lord, we just thank you for providing scriptures and stories in the Bible that we can look back on and re reflect on and apply to our lives and the principles. And Lord, we just thank you for being first. We thank you for loving us so much that you gave your firstborn son to us, for us, sacrificing for us. Therefore, we gladly give you what is yours. We bring it into the storehouse. We just thank you right now that we're leaving out today and going home better than we came in. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Amen.